Hello and welcome to Watkins Wise Words, a podcast that celebrates conscious, passionate, wise and happy living. Thank you for tuning in and here is your host. So hello and welcome. My name's Steve Nabell and today I'm speaking with Tom Fortis-Meyer on his book, The Free Mind Experience. Now, Tom is a Harley Street hypnotherapist, an author, international speaker, and creator of the Free Mind Three-Pillar Approach to Happiness. Um, Tom, in his book, The Free Mind Experience, explains how to bring more peace, power, and purpose into your life. So, Tom, welcome to you. Hi, Steve. Thank you. Hi. uh, I was reading your book, Tom, and I was really moved by your kind of experience of going to India and this big party of, you know, like New Year's Eve 1999 and your meeting well I won't say it. what happened what, what what happened there well I mean just for a little bit of context I wasn't a, a spiritual seeker I was a very confirmed hedonist so I wasn't in India for spiritual reasons I was there because they run some of the best parties in the world and have done since the early 90s and I thought you know um it's the millennium you know I want this to be a really extraordinary celebration so let's go to Goa and right. so I was brought up by a very loving but a very devout atheist and he brought me up to be a very devout atheist to feel sorry for anyone that had any kind of spiritual faith and um so I'd been I'd been at this party and um I'd been watching this uh, kind of Indian holy man that had been sat at this party kind of observing it all and it was a random interaction with him that led me to have this this massive epiphany and um yeah which just completely transformed my life really and so since that moment i have been trying to make sense of how how life works and how our minds work and how epiphanies happen i mean in brief what that epiphany was was i got to experience myself without fear and only only as a result of that was i able to identify how much fear was operating in my life and I wasn't someone that would, would have considered himself an anxious person I wasn't um, knowingly held back by fear but it was only when I got to feel the real it, it just unbelievable level of blissful happiness that I realized how, how, how afraid I was well I guess most of us are seeking that kind of happiness fulfillment but we're going about it in the kind of conventional capitalistic materialistic way of you know you you get a good CV get a good job get the house you know that, that doesn't often bring what we want does it No it doesn't and I, and I think and I think it, you know the very process of that confirms a, a lot of the the key challenges that the that block the happiness you know so I, I, a lot of people I work with you know they it's not that they haven't created the life that they want they have created the life they want and it still doesn't feel that good and helping people kind of recalibrate really and work out well where does it really come from where does where, what 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 is what is real happiness in your book you talked about um and really we're looking at why are people unhappy why do we compare with each other compete why do we suffer why are we afraid and, and disconnected yeah. and you've got this great um core beliefs in there i think which, which is you know you could be i suppose climbing the corporate ladder and still feel i'm not good enough i don't belong i'm on my own the world can't give me what i need i must cover up my true nature don't stand out too much or no one ever truly understands me they're great those kind of core 
kind of core beliefs, aren't they? Really, you write about in your book. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, the the they they really represent the the, the kind of structure upon which the ego and its choices are built, really. And I mean, but there are three kind of key common human universal fears dash limiting beliefs which sit in each of the kind of three pillars. So, the the core three that I that I really have kind of honed over these years of working uh, as pillar one is essentially I'm not good enough. That really is that the thing that disrupts our inner peace more than anything. So pillar one is about establishing peace in our lives, peace with ourselves. And the, 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 the belief that we need to really address there, the limiting belief is that feeling I'm not, I'm not good enough. And we can go into a bit more detail later, but in, 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 in pillar two, the limiting belief that drives all of the disempowerment, so reconnecting back to our power, we have to challenge the second limiting belief, which is something external is the solution. That drives all of our materialism, all of our ideas that this time next year, I'm going to be great. And I, you know, I get this house and I get that. Or even people sometimes swap their, their, their kind of financial materialism for spiritual goals, you know, or their yogic goals. You know, it's like I'm no longer chasing money, but as soon as I can touch my toes and do 10 downward dogs, then I'll be, then I'll be okay. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. That uh, or there's another, there's a guru out there, or there is a perfect course, or you know, is still identified with this idea that something external is gonna is gonna is gonna solve the problem of us, you know. And then yes, the third core limiting um, belief is yeah, in principle, I'm alone and separate in a meaningless world, you know. I guess that particularly one we we are really trained in it because I I remember <clears throat> as a kid I was really. I felt kind of connected to something. I didn't know what it was, but through my education, it was kind of beaten out of me. And, you know, that must be such a common experience that people as kids, we feel creative, connected. We go through school and we become these left brain kind of Uh, machines. I totally agree, Stephen. I mean, so a large part of what, what I do, so we've got, Free Mind is a is a social enterprise, and we also have a charity, the Free Mind Project. And so, fifty percent of all the profits we make go to the charity, and the charity is set up to look at what, how, why, what happens in our society, which means we're born these sweet spirits, you know. And and and, and at the end of the socialising process, the conditioning process, we're packed full of more fear than we began with, you know. And yeah. it's what can be done to to dissolve that, to challenge that, you know, and. And for me, the, the plan for big kind of systemic social change is really exactly the same for individuals, which isn't that surprising, which is, which is what the three pillars are all about, which in all of the research I've done and all of my clinical practice is kind of like a big laboratory too. It's, it's, I've really kind of honed down to, okay, well, if we could learn these three key areas, then we just begin operating with more wisdom, more harmony, and more natural happiness is going to be occurring in our lives. And it's exactly those same three pillars that would transform the way our society functions. And that's why I'm so excited about this quite simple model, really. What really grabbed me about your book is you talk about different areas which I've always thought should be connected, like you talk about balancing emotional intelligence, success psychology, and oneness philosophy, which are the three pillars, I guess, related to that. Yeah. that I haven't really came across before in one book. That's brilliant, I thought. Thank you. For me, what's interesting is the when we overcome those three kind of beliefs and we get so in peace that we get we're perfectly adequate, right? Yeah. And that there's nothing wrong with us. 
then that may that enables us that directly connects us to this to the, to the second belief which is there's nothing external we don't need to be different to do what we need to do and for me there's nothing preventing us in any moment to rest back with awareness and presence and flow and to trust that everything happens at the right time in the right way which means every single experience is is the divine unfolding we if we can get beyond imagining that there's something wrong then we will be in flow and if we pay attention we'll know what to do we don't need some external system to help us do that everything we need is there and that automatically connects us to the magic of interconnectivity because when we do that what we witness is extraordinary synchronicities and extraordinary connections and it's almost impossible to not see that we are one and so, interestingly, the three, when the three pillars peak, really, it just brings you out to the ultimate state, which is the free mind experience, which is a state of being unconditionally loving of ourselves, the moment, and, and, and all things occurring, including all people in it. And that's freedom, as far as I can tell. Well, pillar one, let's look at those three pillars. Dresses, I'm not good enough. It's about, pillar one is peace and deprogramming, clearing negative beliefs and feelings. Can you say a bit more about yes. that, Tom? Absolutely. So for me, essentially, um, uh, the most free person is someone who can meet the moment and, and be completely at peace with it. So they would say yes to the entirety of the moment. Now, what I've realized is you cannot be completely at peace with the moment unless you're completely at peace with yourself. And what I've come to understand very deeply is that you cannot be at peace with yourself unless you are 100% at peace with 100% of the things that have ever happened to you. And, and so we're not okay in spite of our past. We actually get to a position where, we're, where we think we're amazing because of it. So we're not pretending that things were easy, but we can find some way to accept them and actually move beyond acceptance and connect to the true evidence that we've healed from our past or from the idea there's something wrong with us, which is we then feel grateful for everything. So pillar one, peace, is about finding those moments in your past and in your belief systems where you are not okay with what happened, where you're not okay with who you are, where you think you needed to be different or you think you still need to be different because this thing wasn't quite how it should have been in your past. So it's using the, the, the free mind peace process to, to revisit the emotions. So you're not going back in time. You're c connecting to the thoughts and feelings that are trapped, repressed in your system, which are holding on to the idea that I'm not okay or people won't be there for me or the world is ugly or people are selfish or all these judgments that really prevent us from not only being happy but they also prevent us from giving it giving life a go or giving love a go being truly in relationship or surrendering to life you know it's um mm. so if we don't have that peace then no matter how much power or success we generate we will never feel happy not truly happy and so many people report getting loads of stuff and it not making any difference you know uh, there was one thing that jumped out at me in that particular section which was the statement peace uh, sorry pain is as yet an unheard message of freedom i thought that was quite a a powerful statement well i, I thank you and it just comes from you know 15 years of working with people and they come in and they're holding on to this pain and they, they see it as the problem and for me it's like let's journey into it without fear let's not take medication let's not drink let's not occupy yourself let's not keep the tv on let's just get really still really present and let's do what your unconscious was once too afraid to do which is to rest with that feeling 
It needs to be blocked. And we need to do that when we're kids. We need to push this stuff away. But let's now reverse that. Let's go and meet with that feeling. Let's journey into the middle of it. And in the middle of it, there's self-value, there's self-love, there's recognizing you were let down, there's being objective about what you really need. It's like all of your values are in there, all of your hopes, your dreams. And very often when we repress stuff, we repress stuff with a really powerful part of our psychology. Yeah. And so when we reconnect with that, we, we reintegrate. And it's like a part of us goes, oh, my God, I'm not eight anymore worrying about what's going to happen when dad gets home, you know, or it's. Yeah. And so there's a massive amount of relief and release. And it doesn't isn't about wallowing in kind of therapy for 10 years. It's it's using these techniques quite quickly. You can access these things and, and feel an enormous amount of relief. And I guess you you have the statement in there as well, facing the truth, which I guess, you know, if we're running away from it by watching TV or going down the pub or addictions of various kinds, we'll never gain those gifts, will we? No. And for me, it's really not. And because like there are some techniques in the world that enable people to kind of like there's some NLP techniques where you can wash out the pain without people feeling it. Yeah. I think, listen, we need to get beyond this idea that that the pain is the problem pain is usually uh, full of information that helps us work out who we truly are and what we really need and one of my teachers said pain is inevitable but suffering is optional so this isn't about visiting pain from the, from the from the victimized perspective it's it's like taking a child sitting on your lap and they've had a really nasty nightmare and you hold it by the hand and you brush the hair from its eyes and you say tell me all about it darling you're not afraid and and by by and and as you do that you just like integrate and you become more adult you you take a child inside you that's fractions away from a tantrum which is why you know road rage happens and people you know all that stress is just bubbling away under the surface and you just smooth it into an adult perspective where literally just letting it know i'm okay now it's all over feels amazing I guess uh, if we if we start to un, un really smooth out these contradictions in ourselves, we start to flow and co-create. There's a bit in that chapter as well. Learning to flow and co-create. I guess it is this: how can we flow and co-create if we're using so much energy to fight? I guess it being at war with ourselves. Totally. I mean, it's a little bit like it's a little bit like sitting down with the you know. I don't believe in a separate bearded god, but you know, it's like imagining that the stars need to be just a little bit to the left. It's 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 preposterous. It's like there there is design here, and it does. It's not meant to be easy. You see, the ego because it wants to survive and it wants to be comfortable, which is totally beautiful, but it craves simplicity and it thinks when things aren't simple, it's, it's wrong. Now, it doesn't mean we're saying, oh, well, it was wonderful that I was neglected as a child, but what it means is that we can recognize that there's magic in the challenge. We don't go to the gym to build muscles and pick up a bar with no weights on it. It's not meant to be easy. It's it's the it's the struggling with the life's challenges that we develop our character that furnishes us, that makes us into this extraordinary person that can then have an extraordinary life. So from the pillar two, power and reprogramming. What are the principles of success psychology, which is part of this pillar? Well, so this this is for me, there's this is the realm of understanding how our brain works, how our physiology works, how to bring out our best performance. So it's understanding the power of language patterns, the power of belief, uh, the power of physiology. It's all sorts of stuff that would be usually the realm of kind of performance coaching. And every single kind of really high-performing adult in the world, like all the top CEOs of the best companies, all of the top 
performing athletes in the world. They all use coaches, loads of coaches often. And um, really, success psychology is all of that good stuff. It's like, how do you bring out the best from yourself? Because inner peace is really important. If you haven't got that, then nothing feels good. But lots of people got inner peace, but they also have, they're not connected to their agency, to their capacity to make things happen, you know? So part of spirituality is being able to be peaceful with what is, and part of it is being able to co-create with power, to, to lead people. And so this is also, so there's the internal stuff around, yeah, belief, language patterns, visualization, um, uh, how to boost memory and boost performance and boost effectiveness. And then there's also the external stuff, which is enrollment, how to operate with accountability, how to do what you say you're going to do, how to make your word the most powerful gift that you have. So the more honest we get and the more consistent we get with what we say and what we do means we begin to vibrate with a congruence, which means when we say, right, everybody, let's move over here to the light, you know, or let's change the way we're doing education. People will listen because you've just developed a certain level of integrity and agency. And so true happiness comes from being able to have an impact on those that are around us. And in there, in that pillar, you've got the statement, everything is an opportunity if you believe it to be, which I think is a fantastic statement. Yeah, I mean, it's so much of, so much of a resilient kind of spiritual perspective is about, I mean, the brilliant um, writer Stuart Wilde said spirituality is simply the capacity to get comfortable with compromise, <laughs> which isn't especially romantic, but I, I know what he's going for there. Where he's saying, you know, it really, really understanding that it's rolling with what you've been given and not expecting it to be easy and and choosing choosing to drive the best from yourself. Um, uh, and, uh, my old business partner and author, uh, Nick Jankel, Nick, Sen- Nick Jankel Seneca, yeah. he, he, um, he, he said this thing when we worked together, which I just found kind of hugely daunting, but I really got what he meant. He said 95% is halfway there. And I and I really was always you know kind of really inspired by that and and so some some of it is you know about the kind of internal game of psychology and and some of it is about really just understanding what it is to 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 do your best and to get to get excited about doing your best but the other main kind of area in power is I, I really stand as a voice not in opposition to the world of kind of the law of attraction and manifestation but but I, but but with a real kind of sense of awareness around i believe how that stuff really works and how it doesn't work yeah there's a lot of talk in the world of kind of spirituality and personal development that you know you can just kind of manifest whatever you want whenever you want and it is amazing when you set an intention and and something kind of magically unfolds immediately but very often things won't no matter how much manifesting you won't and i don't believe that's because you're not doing it right or you're holding on to unnecessary negative beliefs i believe it's just because some things aren't meant to happen and it's not something we've got under our control mm. and, and no matter whatever level of kind of manifesting i'm doing i'm not going to get the sun to kind of rise in the west you know it's there <laughs> are certain things that are fixed yeah. <clears throat> and honestly if making things manifest in your life is a matter of very 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 vividly imagining them believing in them putting yourself in the experience moving your body as though it is well then you'd have loads of 14 year old boys waking up with porn stars in their bed you know <laughs> Yeah. Well, it never happened to me. I can tell you. <laughs> so, you know, it's like you know, so vividly imagining things and imagine it to be real and true is is it, you know, 
For me, it's not about creation. I don't believe we create with our minds. When we get really clear as to who we are and we get peaceful about who we are, we really connect to a powerful sense of alignment. For me, it's not about manifestation. It's about alignment. It's about alignment with who we really are. And when we do that, we, we begin to build a life that represents us and reflects us. It's not about creation. I, you know, I really like the story of Michelangelo who carved the extraordinary statue David, which is arguably one of the best statues in the world. It's this vast kind of four meter high sculpture. But it was he he did that um, from a famously difficult block of marble. Two other sculptors had tried to sculpt it and found it just unworkable. Mm. So he really took this on a ch- as a challenge and managed to create it. Because the, the, the harder the marble, the more robust the sculpture is, so you can do bigger pieces. And um, But when he was asked how he created David, his response, I loved. He said, I didn't create David. David was fully and perfectly formed inside the rock. All I had to do was just remove everything that wasn't David. That's brilliant. I just, I love that. And I take that to me is free mind power. It's not about creation. It's about alignment. It's about with your belief systems and your language patterns and your expectations and all of that. You're not creating, you're not attracting. What you're doing is you're just no longer identifying. If a sense removing from your belief systems, anything that isn't consistent with that glorious being in statue form inside the rock that is you, you know? Yeah, well, that leads us on to pillar three, which is uh, really a purpose and reconnection, which really is about the alignment and oneness, I guess. So tell us about pillar three, Tom. So in my kind of epiphany, it was really driven by this sense of being without fear, but also it was it was an unbelievable sense of everything being totally connected. I disappeared into this experience and felt oneness with all things and was very excited to then discover that modern physics has kind of proven that everything is rapidly spinning light, which is balanced and in everything. And um, this wonderful kind of scientific ratification for what I'd experienced personally. And um, that remembrance, that recollection, that reconnection, the most the most amazing thing about that when it happened for me was how familiar it felt. It felt like that is who I truly am. We, as a result of the way conditioning works and what it is to be kind of embodied in a physical form and the way our language patterns work, we, we're conditioned into relating to ourselves as a single and separate being. Whereas the more we can see everything is interconnected and that we're really a field of consciousness expressing itself in many different forms that are ultimately connected and interdependent, then that just takes away all of our, our survival fear. That is a massive reduction of everything. I'm not okay. I'm not, I need to survive. It, it questions the whole sense of mortality. And for me, in traditional kind of religious thinking around this kind of afterlife, it, for me, it's not about an afterlife. It's about the ever-present life that is the energy that we are. We're 13.7 billion years old and in this expression, and we have been in many, many different forms. You know, a rat dies at the bottom of an apple tree, and two years later, that apple tastes sweet. It's, we're, we're, we're constantly intermingling exchange of atoms, and there's a field of conscious awareness that flows through all of that matter. And we're not separate from any of it. In the same way, I can, with a moment's kind of concentration, I can imagine that I can feel what it feels like to be you sat on your chair. Mm. 
and you can feel what it feels like to be me. Yeah. Uh, we could place our feet on the sands of the Sahara Desert or taste in a moment a strawberry milkshake. <clears throat> and I know that that's happening. Someone right somewhere right now is having a strawberry milkshake and I can taste it. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but when we think like this, it's like, for me, the analogy I really like in this realm is if we really get oneness, if we really get that, then if we were in a jungle and a lion happened upon us and decided to eat us, if we were really free, right, like fully free, then we would be as identified with the lion as we are ourselves. So whilst being eaten, we could possibly be happy that we as the lion were having a good lunch. Yeah. I'm not sure I could handle that myself, but what's really interesting to me is if I were able to be that peaceful, that at peace with being eaten, when the lion saw me, it wouldn't eat me. Mm. It's the point at which we don't need something that we get everything. And it's written about in the text, like in, in Hinduism and Taoism and, and in the Aboriginal texts, or the Aboriginal stories, there's this idea, and even in the kind of Native American traditions, there's these mythology that's crept into cinema of the wise man and he's surrounded by rattlesnakes, yet they don't attack him. Or, the, or, or even in Lethal Weapon, when Mel Gibson jumps over a fence and there's a guard dog and he puts out his hand with his two fingers in a rock and roll pose and manages to you know, pacify the wild beast. We, we know that power. We can feel intuitively that that's something we could do, which is why we're so interested in horse whisperers and, and dog whisperers. It's, it's this innate knowledge that there's a certain amount of power we can bring, a peace. And when we can rest in that, well, then it's like, oh, everything's connected. There is no death. There is no birth, really. There's just a moving around of atoms. When we can rest in that, well, then, of course, we're going to feel perfect and adequate. The idea of being inadequate when we're the same thing as the sunrise is preposterous. And so when we can rest in that, then, of course, we don't need anything external because there is nothing external. And the Matrix films, when they tap into, you know, they need to fly a helicopter so she gets an upload. It's like all of that information, everything you might need to do anything is available to you. And it's especially exciting because our technology is now caught up with that. So we literally have YouTube tutorials for everything. <laughs> yeah, that's great, isn't it? The Matrix so, brought to practical, yeah. <laughs> down to earth. Yeah. And so when these three pillars all come together, we're like, okay, so I am perfect, actually. This is, I'm, not, I'm not good enough. I'm actually perfect. There's nothing I need. I have everything I have. In, I, everything I need is inside me because there is no, uh, you know, and and I am one with all things. So the idea of inside and outside, life and death, up and down, it takes you to that place of non-duality. And when we're there, we're in the absolute. And in the absolute, all we have is that is the the emotional experience of that is unconditional love and happiness. Well, Tom, uh, you know, we 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 could talk for hours. I mean, it's such an amazing. Uh, you know, subject to talk about. But I, I need to say that your book is The Free Mind Experience, published by Watkins Media. And if anybody's interested in Tom's work, his website is www.freemindproject.org. And I noticed there's um, a lot of kind of uh, audio uh, programs that you can actually purchase on Tom's website. So, and looks really well worth checking out. So, um, Tom, all the best with the book. It looks absolutely fascinating and, you know, it, 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 brilliant stuff, really. Thank you, Stephen. I've really, really enjoyed your question. It's been lovely connecting with you. And thank you so much for this opportunity. Like what you've heard? Be part of our community by visiting watkinspublishing.com, following us on Twitter at Watkins Wisdom or liking us on Facebook. <laughs>